McMarion picked off! Intercepted! And guess who? The Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year seals a championship for the Broncos! Here comes the... Here comes the... Y'all don't really want it like... Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. Really excited for this one. Uh, an up-and-comer looking for an opportunity. More than well-deserved is, is going to join us today. His name is Dwight. You can follow him on Twitter at DHH Peebles Champion. Peebles as in P-E-E-B as in boy L-E-S. Uh, been talking to him for a little while now. He's, he's a IDP superstar in the making. Really knows defensive players. Dwight, how are we doing today? Good. How are you, man? I'm doing fantastic. We're going to get an opportunity to talk about Leighton Vander Esch. He's one of the more highly debated prospects. A guy that blew up at the combine. We're talking about a guy that came in at six foot four and a quarter, 256 pounds, 81 inch wingspan, 33 inch arms, 465, 40 with a vertical jump of 39 and a half inches, 124 inch broad jump, 688, three cone. 415 20-yard shuttle, 20 reps on the bench. But we're talking about a guy that basically scored in the 90th percentile in most categories as an athlete. And he's a one-year starter at Boise State, just to give a background on his production, where he finished with 141 tackles, 8.5 tackles for loss, 4 sacks, 2 interceptions, 5 pass deflections, and 4 forced fumbles. So that's that's one hell of a resume right there. Dwight, when you watched Leighton Van Der Esch, I know you were telling me you, you watched all of his... 2016 film as well what gets you excited about his game what are some of the things you like the most about him um i like how he gets he's sideline to sideline he's very intelligent he moves he's you can see the athletic and the agility on tape how quick he changes directions like if a play starts to get by him he like pivots really quick and he's really good with that and he's a very very sound tackler like he's not the not he's not going for the big boom but he'll tackle i mean he'll just straight up he's got pretty good technique how he wraps people up and you just don't see many guys get by him. He's a very good tackler. Really pops out on tape. And as, as the season went along, you could see it get even better. Like I noticed at the beginning of the season, it seemed like he would get caught in the wrong looks, wrong spots at time and not be, you know, you could definitely see the fact that this was his full season, his first full season as a starter. But then as the season went on, I mean, if you watch that Oregon game, I mean, wow. He in the Oregon game, he was phenomenal. He was everywhere. That Oregon game is so good. You're absolutely right. And it's one of the things that I noticed when watching the film. The later the game is in the season, the better he is as a player. And to me, that's a guy that's really learning how to play. You can see the athleticism like you talked about. He's a very fluid athlete. But he, as the season went on, he just got better and better. I thought he was so good on the backside of plays, especially against zone, using his athleticism to fill on the backside. He held his gaps well. Uh, he he can get off tackles. He can he can blow up plays in the backfield. One of the things that I I loved about him was I thought he was a smart player too. Where if he noticed someone else was wrapping him up, he immediately went for the football. He's trying to create turnovers, trying to make plays. He's he's going to get to a lot of spots. Now his his greatest strength is probably against the run at this time in his career. But we're talking about a phenomenal athlete. And in today's NFL, your ability to cover both running backs, tight ends. Uh, the flats, you know, different zone areas. That, that's going to be really important in a league that's passing, you know, 64% of the time. So that's the kind of guy that he needs to be in order to be a first-round pick. But you see flashes of that. He's, he can cover the flats. He can turn and run with guys. I, I think he can be a three-down linebacker in the NFL. 
Absolutely. Totally agree. It's something I saw. He always keeps his eyes on the quarterback, but he only gets like to a certain point in the zone. It seemed like they wouldn't let him get too far back. And sometimes guys would get behind him a little bit. And that's something he's going to have to work on in order to be a really good cover linebacker. He's got the agility, the speeds a little, you know, he's not quite as fast as the running backs and even the tight ends nowadays, but he's got enough of it. And he's always got, he's always watching the play and he keeps, tries to keep things in front of him. But occasionally you could see someone, you know, he'd be in the middle watching this guy and he'd be so focused on the quarterback that some guy would slip behind him. And it's something he's definitely going to have to work on. But he's his first year as a starter. So, you know, I mean, it's going to happen. You know, it doesn't come naturally in the college game to cover like that. Yeah, I think that's that's really important to understand is that you're talking about a one-year starter and the guy who's just – his arrow is pointing up, right? You're, you're taking him based on his potential. I think – you have a potential to get like a Pro Bowl caliber linebacker who can do a lot of different things, and you have a floor of a guy that's going to be a really good run stuffer, really good gap control, really good athlete in terms of covering sideline to sideline, and you know that has value too. So I always like when my ceiling player has a built-in floor, which I think he does. But you know I certainly think there are a couple weaknesses in his game. Uh, when you watch him, or what concerns do you have? Um, I noticed more earlier on in the season he did get in, when he would go toward the line he would get engaged in a block and he can't shed him as well. Like he doesn't use his hands and his arms to break blocks, but then at the same time he would get engaged in that block. And if there would become a point where there was several together, he would still break out and make a tackle sometimes, but he would get tied up at the line of the scrimmage too much. I noticed more as the season went on, he would hang back a little bit and not get engaged in those blocks. Um, and sometimes when he's focusing so hard on the quarterback, he can be a little over aggressive. I've seen and his angles when he would pursue people wasn't the greatest at times. It's something he's definitely going to – you'll get better with that. I mean, the speed of the game in the NFL is entirely different, and he'll have to adjust to that, I'm sure. Yeah, I think that's that's very fair. You mentioned or when you are talking about some of his strengths, the, his depth in his zone. I, I think he needs to work on kind of how much ground he can cover. His Sometimes he would get lost in his zone and not understand a guy's crossing. And I think that's all coming with reps. The more reps, the better it gets. And, you know, I noticed that the more game, the later the season got again, the better he was at this. I, I agree with you. Sometimes he relies on his athleticism to get off blocks. And if he can't basically out-athlete you, he gets stuck. As a pass rusher, I think he's basically just an athlete. He doesn't really show hand usage or anything like that. He kind of shoots open gaps, can use his closing speed, kind of level the quarterback, but he's not the kind of guy that you can really line up on the edge, not that you'd ask him to do that and beat a tackle or kind of rely on moves to beat a running back. He's just basically going to go full speed ahead, and if he can't run through or around the running back, he's he's not going to make the play. But I think, again, this these are all areas that he can improve on. And one of the things people always say is, we always talk about players we like and that they can improve in those areas and players we don't like, that these are major weaknesses. But whenever you have a one-year starter that's shown so much upside and so much improvement as the year goes on, I feel comfortable assuming or thinking that he can improve in some of these other areas. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, if he was just, this was his third year as a starter, you would be, I think, not quite as high on him. Not You know, you'd worry a little bit about about him if this was his third year and he'd had you know 45 games under his belt as opposed to 11 you know 12 so it definitely and like and it helps that as the season went on you saw him change some of the things that were getting that i that i noticed on the early tape that that worried me a little he still made a lot of tackles he does he just tackles everything that comes anywhere near him and you gotta love that as a linebacker i mean that's what a linebacker is you know although the the coverage is now definitely more of an issue as well so 
It's something he'll learn. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. His, uh, his run stop percentage was the number one of all draft eligible linebackers in the class, according to Pro Football Focus, and it was a ridiculous. He had a ridiculous run stop percentage. He he fit. He has great run fits. He's gonna ha- have gap control, and like you mentioned before, his his wrap up ability is fantastic. He even when he kind of is off position, he's got a wide tackling radius. He uses his his long arms, and he gets guys to the ground. When you watch him play, is there someone that he reminds you of? Levante David. KJ Wright, someone like that, like just a really good, solid linebacker. You keep, because he's white, you hear the Keekly and the Erlacher. I heard Erlacher, I don't know how many times on stuff that I was reading. I don't see that at all quite yet. He doesn't have quite that mean streak. He definitely has some passion. You saw that as the season went along, too. You saw how fired up he get. He seems like he's a natural leader. I think he's got possibly the, the potential to be not Keekly, but Keekly esque you know, like a linebacker that can do more like that, but more like KJ Wright and Levante David is kind of who he reminded me of, you know, you get him in a defense like the Cowboys, you know, with Sean Lee, where he doesn't, where he's not required to call the plays and things like that. And I definitely think that would be more his strength right now, but I think there is a ceiling of growing into the prototypical middle linebacker, you know, that in a 4-3, it calls the plays and things. So. I like that you compared him to not a white guy and then managed to also <sighs> bring in Luke Keekley and Sean Lee there. I mean, you're only really missing Paul Puzlesny and uh, Jake Ryan, and we're just going to compare him <laughs> to all of that. No, I, I'm with you, man. So uh, one, one comparison, and I don't want to take credit for this because I actually saw it when I was researching about him today from Lance Erline, was uh, Carlos Dansby and kind of the old school Carlos Dansby who is a fantastic player and, you know, honestly a little bit similar to KJ Wright. So I, I really like that that player comp. We're talking about a linebacker that you can probably play at all three different positions. Um, right. you, can, you can play him off ball. You can play him at Mike. You can basically take advantage of his athleticism. You can bring him along slower and just have him on rundowns and then understand that in year two or three you might get a fantastic player. As an athlete, he basically was identical to T.J. Watt. Now, he and T.J. Watt play different positions, and they're both white, so I, I guess I'm doing that one myself. But, you know, he, he is a very similar athlete to T.J. Watt, and we saw that even though Watt was rare as a defender for the Steelers this year, he was just able to go out there and be an athlete and make plays for them. And I think whatever team he goes to, he's going to make some plays for. So when we have guys get drafted, so often their success in part is determined by who they get drafted by the fit the the play style all that stuff if you could kind of put him on a team what team would you want to see him go to where you think he would have his most success it's ironic that you said that because i think the steelers would they really need a linebacker i I would like to see him aside you know especially with with shazier being out this year and they're about the point in the draft where he might go at this point. They're not really sure exactly. I think he'll go late first round. Um, Steelers would be nice. Uh, the Bills really need a linebacker, and I think he would be a great fit there as well. But And then, like I said, Cowboys, Saints could also they run a 4-3 where he would be good in the, was it the Sam position? Or Will, sorry. The Will linebacker. So that it seems like those are several good fits that I could see him going to. I hate saying the Steelers, I'm a Bengals fan, but yeah, I could definitely <laughs> could definitely see him being really good there. I think that's the most common place that he's mocked is the Pittsburgh Steelers, because basically he's an athlete. They've gone for these athletic guys. They really need a linebacker and, and he fits a lot of the things they need. Just to add a couple teams to your list, I mean I I think all your teams are, are more than fair. The 
couple that stood out to me as possibilities. One is the Giants haven't had an athletic linebacker in forever, and I know they just got Ogletree, which might take a little bit of pressure off uh, Van Der Esch, but I think he could do really well at the top of the second round there. And then, honestly, a team like the the Eagles or Vikings, now they don't really necessarily have a need at linebacker as much, but these are teams where you know they have a lot of money in the salary cap. Some of their linebackers are going to be more expensive guys. He can kind of come in and come along slowly and really develop the mental side of his game so that once he gets on the field, he just is an absolute superstar. And, you know, you can have him depth is really important for good teams and you know more playmakers on the field as as we're talking about and you know the the vikings and eagles are both two teams that are so good at so good in so many areas right now they can afford to make luxury picks and i wouldn't hate those two spots for him right i've seen the patriots too Uh, don't don't we put everybody on the patriots though Uh, it seems like it i've seen them as possible too they don't really they haven't had a really good standout linebacker in quite some time and you could definitely see him going there although i don't want them to but because I like him. If he goes to the Patriots, I can't like him anymore. So. Yeah, that's kind of the rule of thumb, right? Once you once the Patriots draft somebody, you can't like him anymore. And but listen, I I think what we're talking about though is a guy that's probably going to go end of end of round one, right. getting around two, probably somewhere in that twenty four to forty range. I mean, I have a I have a late first round grade on him. I, I think that's more than justified for his talent and skill set. And then when you add in his ceiling, he, I think he's more than justified to go in that area. If you were getting his ceiling player, we, we'd be talking about a top 15 pick in this draft. I mean, he, he, right. he could be a really good player. You know, we did, we went the whole podcast and didn't even compare him to Thad Castle, which is probably his most common comp because he's a white guy that wears a blue jersey that uh, everyone watched that show. I don't even remember the name of the show. Uh, blue Mountain State or whatever it is. Gotcha. <laughs> I haven't watched it. I was like, who? Who's Thad Castle? Yeah. Thad Castle is a guy that drinks a lot of beer, parties hard, and is apparently an all-world linebacker. Um, but they just kind of look alike, honestly. But anyway, Dwight, I just want to thank you for joining us, man. Uh, I, I know thank you're doing you. a lot of work over there at DHH. Uh, why don't you tell the people kind of what you're working on and where they can find you? All right, now I'm just still breaking down rookies. I've written a couple articles about linemen and linebackers going through uh, defensive backs right now. and hoping to get on like one of the shot casts or something like that during the draft and talk during the draft. I think that'd be fun. It always looks like a lot of fun when the guy does guys do that and then just keep, keep working, man. Keep trying to get my name out there. I respect that, man. I, I really appreciate you taking the time and breaking down Leighton Van Der Esch. I know how much work you're doing with IDPs. Guys, make sure you check them out. You can follow them on Twitter at D-A-D-H-H, Peebles Champ. Again, Peebles is P-E-E-B-L-E-S. Guys, I'm Elliot Chris, as always, your host of Draft Daily. You can follow me on Twitter, at Elliot Chris. Uh, the podcast is now available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. As always, guys, we really appreciate you listening. Thank you.